Jonathan Edwards once wrote, Because of his being so great and a holy God, he is worthy to be exceedingly rejoiced in and praised. The sum of the divine glory consists in his greatness and in his holiness and his goodness. Join Adam Howell, Ryan Hanley, and Caleb Neumeyer for discussions about living out deeply rooted affections. This is Oaks of Righteousness Podcast. Welcome to Oaks of Righteousness Podcast. You'll notice that we could not say welcome back because it's been nearly a year. Since 13 the, years. Since the last episode dropped. But we have wandered to and fro, literally, and we are now back in... Would you consider this now an ivory tower? Like, we discussed not sitting in an ivory tower because That's we've true. never been in one, but have we upgraded to an ivory but tower? But now we are in an ivory tower. <laughs> My, this office is an ivory tower? Yeah. It's kind of a... I mean, this is probably the nicest place we've recorded this podcast in. Yes, there's air conditioning, for one, which is nice. And it can be adjusted, like, for this room. No. Oh, yeah, it's right there behind you. When? I like it. 69. That's a good temperature. I like it. A little too cool for my taste. That's good. That's why you've got your sleeves down. It's true. Yeah. Well, we are, uh, we're back. We have continued our friendship, uh, together anyways at, at Ninth and O and at Southern Seminary where Adam is now a full-time teacher at Boyce I should say at yes. Boyce and Ryan is continuing his online uh, I don't even know what you do to be exact I don't either <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on that uh, so so we're here and we want to talk about uh, the affections and specifically each of us have been spending some time in the Psalms and Ryan, you've been tweeting through Psalm 119. That's true. And I noticed that yesterday or the day before you started in Psalm 1. Yeah, I had to start over. <laughs> he finished Tav. Was true. it yesterday? Or two days ago? Two days. Yeah, three days ago. Three days ago. Yeah. So that's the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Caleb. <laughs> uh, see, if you had said Omega, I would have known exactly <laughs> what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's why I didn't say Omega. Still haven't taken Hebrew. <laughs> still Slacker. Still haven't. Um, and Adam, you were supposed to teach a class on interpreting the Psalms this week. This week, yep. In fact, my timer was set today to remind me that I was supposed to, to help you with that. And, yes. Uh, that's why we're doing this instead. So I want to talk about the Psalms, just their their impact on you guys personally, and how others can uh, use the Psalms in their own personal and devotional life. We already talked about prayer and reading God's word as essential to affections and growing the affections, but I want to talk about specifically how the Psalms help in that way. So, Ryan, let's start with you, uh, going through Psalm 119. What is that chapter? I don't know. It's not even chapters. It's a psalm. What's that psalm psalm all about? And (laughs) and how does... Summarize it in about three words or less. I've got 140 characters to do it in. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, it, it... it encompasses the whole of the human experience and his relationship with God and his relationship with others, um, but typically through a deep understanding of, of God's word. Um, so I don't remember what the exact numbers are, but it's something like there's only like two or three verses in Psalm 119 that do not mention some form of God's revelation, you know, through the like translated words like statutes or rules or commandments or word. And, um, so yeah, it's it's about basically everything, uh, but sort of through the lens of, of God speaking to us. Okay. 
like I mentioned, you've been tweeting, you tweeted through each stanza, is that the right word? Sure, I'll take that. All right, through each stanza, uh, and what did that do specifically for you in, in helping think through that? I, I'd love to say this was like this intentional, <laughs> planned out, like I, I need to, I need to do it. this, I need to, I need to tweet the song. Um, it kind of started because I, I read the first one one day and I, I was just trying to find a place to read in the Psalms and, and had read the first letter and it was good. I was like, oh, <laughs> hey, I could stop here and just meditate on this today. And so thinking through it, uh, and I don't even remember what I tweeted on that day, but, you know, it was just what what does this psalm like this section of this psalm say like if I had to just encapsulate major thoughts that I have um, what, what would I say and it, and it really like I didn't try to summarize that text necessarily it was like just meditations on on that stanza so you know what what kind of things in my own personal walk does this evoke uh, what are things that are particularly meaningful or true you know what truths does this just project that, that I need to really be clinging to today. So it's kind of kind of where I was going with those. And then after I got a few in, I was like, well, I guess I got to keep going until I'm done now. So. <laughs> the Twitterverse is wondering why Ryan stopped at Gimel. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's done. Okay. Where is that now for that? Three. <laughs> Third place. <laughs> All right, so Adam, let's talk to you a little bit about interpreting the song. Um, I think a lot of people, and maybe this is just me and my perception, when we come to the Psalms, we look for the Psalm 23 encouragement. We look for the Psalm 51, okay, I've sinned. How do I get out of this? Um, I'm in a hard spot. Here's my Psalm 23. What is, or how should we approach the Psalms? Hmm. It's a good question. It's nice and open ended. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I have fun with that. <laughs> what did you yeah. have written down in your notes from last <laughs> this week? Uh, I don't know. I did have. I had over a little over two hundred pages of notes ready to go for this week, which I would have never gotten through. But there was a lot there. Um, so I think that uh, there's a couple of ways that if, if we're thinking about just approaching the Psalms, you can you can approach the Psalms, and I, I think it's valid to do so in, on individual Psalm basis. Like I, I think that you can pull Psalm 23 out in a specific situation. For me, Psalm 42, 43, I count those as one, though they're two, and um, Psalm 130 have been particularly helpful just in times of melancholy and depression and that sort of thing to be. So I think you can pull them out in those situations. Um, so that's one way we might approach the Psalms interpretively is they each have their own context, they each have their own message, they each have their own setting that I think was fair for us to apply. But one of the bigger pushes, and I guess thing that I got from a lot of the preparation for this class particularly, is that there's kind of a new movement, uh, maybe it's not new in the last decade or so, but of trying to see the Psalms as, as a whole unit again, seeing book uh, you know, book one having the themes of the enemy's oppression and the Lord's rescue, where you have all of David's psalms, where he's fleeing from Solomon and fleeing, or fleeing from Saul and, and from Absalom. And then, I guess in book three, you get a lot of the devastation of the exile and the Assyrian domination. And so you start to see these bigger pictures of how, you know, some guys would even say that the Psalter, the five books of the Psalter, somehow uh, either 
parallel, complete, or mirror in some way the Pentateuch. Like you've got five books of the Pentateuch, you've got five books of the Psalter, and and they kind of have this theme that's that's working together. That was helpful for me to kind of start to see some of these bigger picture ideas. Um, the Psalter leading from kind of a, a place of suffering to a place of joy at the very end with the, the final, um, what we call the Hallel Psalms, the praise Psalms of 146 through 150, um, that, that there's not just, okay, these are great praise Psalms, and there's certainly praise in the beginning when David is rescued from his enemies. He's praising the Lord in those Psalms in book one. But on the whole, you get this suffering king in book one that then leads to in some sense through the history of Israel to this ultimate praise of God and just seeing that bigger picture of where the whole book is headed and, and each part of the book um, is another way to look at the Psalms and, and quote interpret them versus just pulling individual ones out so that was helpful for me in, in prepping for this class and just I haven't thought that all the way through yet what are all those themes, what are all those connections, what are all those trajectories that we see by looking at the Psalter as, as a whole book, but that was helpful for me. All right, so I want to piggyback off of the seeing the whole. <clears throat> How would you suggest someone who is saying, sweet, I kind of want to know more about the Psalms. What would you say would be step number one uh, for somebody that wants to see a bigger picture? They're like, yeah, I've read the Psalms, but like, I want to see bigger picture connections how what what is it what would be your suggestion what would be their step one uh read the pentateuch <laughs> read the pentateuch all right seriously uh because you know all all the psalms are they're the songs of a people that are deeply embedded in in the word of revelation that they have so when i have <clears throat> have gone through different psalms the depth of meaning of the Psalms increases the more and more I learn about really the rest of the Bible period. I mean, so I, I say Pentateuch. I mean, read the Bible, know the Bible. Um, <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's old. Yeah, so wow. it's, it's one of those one, things that was like, I mean, it's, it's like when you're a kid, there's certain, there's certain hymns that, that you can appreciate, but as a 20-year-old, you'll appreciate them differently. And then as a 30 or 40 or 50 or 60-year-old, those hymns take on deeper and deeper meaning as, as you, you realize how they... I know, me too. Just so I can say that. I was right! <laughs> Back in the day! But, but I mean, so... So, I, I, I kind of say that tongue-in-cheek, read the Pentateuch, you know, read the Bible. But it is true. And, you know, start now, but just just know there's a there's kind of a... There's a, a neatness to knowing, hey, I can return to this in five years if I wanted to. And it's it's going to have a much richer meaning to me then, even than it does now. So get in there, glean what you can from, from the Psalms as they are now, and knowing that it, I mean, it represents in some way your understanding and relationship with God now, uh, that those Psalms can be genuinely meaningful. Um, and then knowing, you know, you might come back, even in a different season of life, different season of the year, hey, you know, my kids went back to school or something, and now the psalms take on a new meaning instead of lament psalms of the summer. Like, when are these kids going back to school? Lord, how long? How long? Um, now I'm, I'm praising the Lord and delighting again because the, the grass is greener. So. 
Alright, welcome back to Interpreting Song to you, Adam, again. Sorry. <laughs> My first answer wasn't good. <laughs> no. No, 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 really. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you another chance and throw you a no, softball no. this time. <laughs> no, I want to Should talk. we interpret the songs? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Through the pentateuch. <laughs> yeah, no, like... <laughs> oh, imprecatory songs. Yeah, imprecatory songs. Okay. How, do, how do we do that for today? Do we do that today? Mm. Yeah, this is good. Um, so, I, I, you know, there may be some people that would disagree with me or they can... I don't know. There may be, I'm sure there are, but... I, so I would say yes, that um, that it is valid for a Christian to pray what, what I would call imprecations on or against evil in general but I put the qualifier on it usually in my classes that if if that imprecation is directed toward a specific human being made in the image of God then then we have to we have to kind of think through our motives or our our uh, <laughs> why are you laughing sorry I was just thinking of something else <laughs> you were thinking of somebody <laughs> If if it if we have a particular person in mind that we wish were not around and we're praying an imprecation against them, I, that's I don't think the goal or the idea. So um, so yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with asking the Lord to wipe out evil uh, in the world, or or even we might could even get more specifically like asking the Lord to wipe out the evil of abortion or the evil of genocide or the evil of I don't know any whatever you could get more specific in that sense but I feel like if it's if it's directed at a particular person because I think that's probably where I would tend to err is like man that person's just really obnoxious or is really an evil person and yet I think what we should want is for that person to become a Christian mm-hmm. and you know that might be the very means that the Lord intends to use to stop the evil that they're doing I, you know does that help? It does. All, all seven of our listeners had someone pop in the mind. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't think about specific persons. Oh, that person. Now, all of our wives, when they listen to it, no, 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 not us. That's right. <laughs> not, not that's us. right. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's, I think that's really helpful. I, I, do, I do think there is a component when we see, you know, rightly or wrongly, however Israel understood their role regarding the other nations in the Old Testament, I, I think in this paradigm of, of post-cross and resurrection, ascension mm-hmm. of Christ, that there is a, a sense in which we evil can be eradicated in an unbelievably amazing way through redemption. Yeah. You know, if, if, like how much more glorious for God is that for an enemy to become a child, you know, an ally in, in his kingdom, but yeah, I had a I had a thought when I was talking that I didn't I couldn't fully flesh out, and I probably still don't have it fully fleshed out. But there's a sense in what you just mentioned that that the the imprecation or the the destruction that you would be calling down on someone post cross has already been fulfilled at the cross. So right. like in some sense, it kind of it just it kind of seems backwards after the cross for us to call down or pray curses that have already been taken care of. Sure. Um, yeah, but it I certainly is a first first line of, of prayer. I mean, I, I think I would say it's probably valid to, I mean, the shortened version of Lord either save them or take them out, you mm-hmm. know, like, uh, you know, we don't know the, the sovereign mind of God as to what he intends to do, but 
I think, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the impulse should be that we want them to, to know Christ. We yeah. want them to, to follow him and eradicate evil that way. Um, but I would say, like, after that, and even in the midst of that, to, to be praying, Lord, this, this is genuinely evil. This person is genuinely mm-hmm. doing evil, and it's harming people. And dare I say, do what you have to do to, to make this go away. I think I think a lot of it has to do with our heart. Like you said, I mean, if, if we're in this for vengeance, if we're in this for revenge against this person, I mean, that says a lot more about us than it does, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't think God's not going... Oh, this person's now got to do something, you know. This person's calling out vengeance on this person or something like that. But it's almost like a version of that will be done, that kingdom come. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, however, it's going to be done. Let it be done. But please take care of evil. Get yeah. Rid of it. Yeah. We don't want it. Again, though, I think I mean like like any of the psalms, these imprecatory psalms give give a voice to the real emotions that God has given yes. us, right? And you know, praise God for that. That like, I can genuinely hate something that's going on, and I can genuinely hate a human being, rightly or wrongly. Mm-hmm. Now, what do I do with this? And it, I mean, even reading these psalms, it, I mean, it can be so stark sometimes that you stop and go, "Wow!" Like, I have those same feelings. Is this, does this honor the Lord? Are these feelings mm-hmm. of righteous indignation against sin and evil, or is this just my own sinful heart? not getting what I want and, and hating someone for it and you know even just in the act of reading through an imprecatory psalm like you have to wrestle with that reality and you know do something with it I wanted to talk about some themes uh, in the psalms I didn't I didn't prep you guys with which Sweet. which themes were you going to talk about <laughs> but um, <clears throat> talk about when I was just reading through a lot of the psalms and specifically book four the theme of remembering kept coming up Remember the works of the Lord. Remember the works of the Lord. Uh, the children of Israel forgot the works of the Lord. Just talk about that idea of remembering, connecting with praise. Go. I had, uh, so I, I don't, well, I could connect it to praise eventually, but I'm thinking, my mind immediately went to, uh, in several um, places, there's the remembering God's past deliverances as, as the means of, knowing um, what to expect next I, I don't know how to make that I don't know how to make that clearer do you like that? I do do you like that? I know uh, what you're saying it's what so it, for those of you who are familiar with John Piper's works it's the faith in future grace idea that the psalmist knows in such and such dire situation to call out to the Lord Precisely because the psalmist remembers the Lord having delivered him or his people in the past. Does that make sense? So that remembrance leads to the crying out that then the deliverance leads to praise. So that's what immediately came to my mind when you were... So it does culminate in praise. Some of the psalms in Book 4 particularly are are looking at the Exodus event and the whole of the history of Israel and, and remembering that, which I think is... I think you get that from Deuteronomy six that these that you know that that's that's an ideal setting in the family that we would we would remember these things, pass them on to our children, and that they would be opportunities to praise God both for His past actions and for His future deliverances in the same way. Which I thought was interesting in book four. I forget which song it was, but they're like back to back. The first one talks about how they were enslaved and God saved them, and then the very next song it's like 
we failed over and over and over again, and we just want to thank you for being faithful to your covenant and, and yeah, bringing yeah. us back. And you're just like, it's back to back. You're like, yeah, those Egyptians, they, they really enslaved them. It was a horrible time for them, and God delivered them. And the next, wow, these Israelites, they just had no clue what they were doing, and yet God was still faithful yeah. to his covenant. It's is that 105, 106? I think is it that is. Some, that's, I was going to guess right in that range, but... <laughs> Do it. Guess boldly. <laughs> All right. Remem- remembering and praise. What do you think, Ryan? So, I, mean, I think one of the things Adam said that hits on it, like remembering is a huge theme in the Bible period. I mean, if you think about even all the commands to remember things, like so like Deuteronomy 6, um, a lot of Deuteronomy is remembering what God has done. And it's the, the remembering, though, is, is purposeful. So it's, it's not you remember just because it's neat to remember things, but you remember for a reason. And generally that reason is uh, it absolutely affects your thinking and living in the present mm-hmm. and, and what you're aiming towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, if you even think about communion, you know, and the, the remembering is we remember Christ's sacrifice um, not just so that we have nice, warm, sentimental feelings, but that, so that we remember where our identity is. Like, what has God done for us? Okay, that means I'm a different human being today because of that. You know, I'm not, I'm not here on this earth for my own purposes. I'm, I'm here for God's purposes. And if I don't remember that every single day, then I will wake up and I'll go, what do I have to get done today? How do I do it the easiest way possible? How do I get everyone around me to do it a way that makes my life easier or better or, you know, serves me in some way? Um, so I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't have any particular psalms in mind. Uh, the ones you guys mentioned sounded pretty good. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go with that too. But, um, you know, they're just that that remembering. I, I know it's replete throughout the Psalms, just remember that either we remember what the Lord has done or, you know, the, the particularly powerful plea for God to remember us. Um, it's it's such a rich plea. Uh, you know, God remember me is uh, not just, you know, <laughs> don't forget about me and your and your success there, you know, but um, you're asking... <laughs> <laughs> things go well for you don't forget about me it's it's generally asking God to to think of you and act towards you in a covenant way and often can be said of people you know people can say it who have fallen you know it's a fallen people that, that ask God to remember them um, a lot of times David will say you know, ask the Lord to remember him because he has kept his word, because he has kept his commandments. And, you know, that's that's a certain kind of plea. Lord, I'm, I'm trying to be faithful to what you've called me to be, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm doing it. It's, he's not saying he's perfect and like Jesus, but I genuinely desire to do your word. I want to do it well. I'm trying to live this out. You say of those kinds of people that you will be faithful to them. Please be faithful to me. But then there's also a call for remembrance of forgiveness. You know, I've fallen and You've, you've made provision for that in your word as well for those who have fallen. Um, I'm, I'm confessing my sin. I'm repentant. Remember me. And, you know, he's asking God not to destroy him as he deserves, but in, in accordance with his covenant to to forgive those who are repentant. Really good. Just how God has separated our sins as far as the east is from the west. 
But then there's also the idea that we can't stand before God unless, like, if He were to count our sins, if He were to, who could stand? Yeah. None of us. And <clears throat> God is, is faithful and just. Good. All right. Uh, last theme that I had to talk about was this idea that the wicked will be punished and the righteous, those who are low, will be brought to, will remain forever. They will, they will last forever. How do we, how do we reconcile that with what we see right now in this world? Because a lot of times it doesn't seem like the wicked are perishing away right now. They aren't a breath. <clears throat> they aren't like grass that's here today, gone tomorrow. They're, they're the ones winning the battles. They're the ones um, overthrowing us. So how, how do we reconcile that when we read that in the Psalms and we're going, this isn't true? You read it in light of Ecclesiastes. <laughs> <laughs> Just fear God and keep his commands. Just, yeah, let the chips fall. <laughs> keep his commands, let it go. Wow, that sounds really good, guys. Thanks. Um, all, right, all right, we're done. No, that, <laughs> Rachel I, the hell up. <laughs> Um, you know that whole read the rest of your Bible comment Ryan made earlier? Yeah. There you go. Read Ecclesiastes too. I don't, the thought that came to my mind is that Psalms is in the wisdom literature, right? And so there is this wisdom factor of the wise or the foolish. The, you, you also see the same, the same problem, I guess we would say, in Proverbs and in Ecclesiastes, what we would call the prosperity of the wicked. You know, like why do the wicked prosper? What's up with that? That, that shouldn't be the case, you know? Why do I work so darn hard to be righteous and godly and holy and and these guys that are just flagrant sinners are getting all the all the accolades or get you know whatever it may be that you're wanting. So that is certainly a wisdom problem that's not just in the Psalms, it's in the rest of the book. But then I think the rest of the Bible, but I think about like the wisdom literature too is it's general. Like wisdom can't you can't apply it in every single situation in exactly the same way. So, like, there is a sense in which it seems that the wicked are prospering, but if, when you, if we think about what, like, like, true prosperity, and not, of course, as in the prosperity gospel, but what we think about, like, true prospering or what we might call human flourishing or something of that nature, like, wickedness has no part, like, there's no part of genuine human prosperity in my, that I would, in my mind, and from that wisdom perspective. So, like, I think a lot of the wisdom literature and especially the psalms where we're hearing the the earnest and genuine cries of the psalmist i think you kind of you might get this um certainly true but rather sporadic idea that the wicked are prospering when if we look at prosperity correctly i don't know that they're actually prospering does that make so uh, we don't have to envy the wicked because they're they're prospering their day will come <laughs> Oh, isn't that that goes with, right with what, like John Piper would say, is Christian hedonism. True, genuine, flourishing prosperity is to enjoy God mm-hmm. forever and to delight in Him. Yeah. So with uh, these these kinds of phrases like "all flesh is like grass," things like that, those are not just words of comfort when we're suffering or when we see the wicked prosper, but they're also designed to lead our hearts to see something bigger than what we see. All flesh is like grass. You know, the, the grass withers, the flower fades. It's designed to teach us that 
uh, we're, we're pretty finite in what we can see. So there, there's a sense in which we, we do have to learn and grow and understand that, you know, even things that we might endure our whole lives is very limited in, in, in the scheme of eternity, um, which isn't a natural thought for us. That's why we have to know the Psalms. That's why we have to know the Word. Um, because our hearts need to recognize the truth, not just pat on the head, everything's going to be okay, but we can only see a limited perspective of, of what's really going on. So there's there's that aspect of it. Um, and then there's also the part of it where, as, as Adam was saying at the beginning of this, that we rely on and remember God's actions in the past, what he has done, because it it affects our ability to, to deal with what's going on right now. So if, if we recognize, okay, so Israel was in Egypt and God delivered them after 400 years. Okay, <laughs> so I'll be dead and gone in that amount of time. So it may be that I'm, I'm in a phase of God's, God's work in my particular area of the world where I'm going to be the one that gets beaten by slave masters and, you know, obviously not comparing my my life to slavery but um well, it's, been, it's been worse than we thought right okay. but don't we do that though like don't we do that i but mean there's I, a song for that you know my, my life is horrible i can't believe i'm having to go through all this kind of thing and you know it even a you know I, i'm so grateful to the lord for being able to drive a school bus for nearly 12 years really more than that um <laughs> Even though many times along the way it's like, man, I really don't want to do this all my life, and why am I doing it now? And this is very monotonous and very much like Ecclesiastes. You're going around and around and around doing the same thing over and over, and there's nothing new under the sun every we, single day. We talked day. through Ecclesiastes during those years. We did. Um, How many times? Just once. <laughs> just once. But in that moment, you can you'll you'll have a season where you're like, okay, I can trust the Lord, and then you've got. A part of it where you're you're thinking this is horrible. Why am I having to still do this? This doesn't seem fair or right. And uh, I need to hear. This is a very very small slice of eternity, and I need to be reminded of that. Um, I was like a, a text I, I kind of thought of was Psalm twenty two and twenty three, um, and reading those psalms back to back is has always been very nourishing. I don't I'm not going to read them all, but um, he's. Read them in a British accent. <laughs> I almost did. <laughs> so it starts out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I think I've heard that somewhere before. And I, I think that uh, Jesus knew the Psalms very well. And so when he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, he wasn't just asking that question, but it, it was a way of pulling to mind Psalm 22. And I, can't what remember, follows. I can't remember who said it. Hold your thought, but... During my prep for this class, one one scholar said that he believed that Jesus was praying through the Psalms on the cross, sure. and these were just the highlights that he mm. would verbalize. But anyway, that's well, that could be interesting. Certainly, he knew them. Like I mean, that oh yeah, that was a direct quote, you know, yeah. from the Psalm. So it's yeah. he he at least knew what was going on, and I don't think he just memorized one verse out of Psalm twenty two. <laughs> so I mean, for, this for a while. This whole, it's true, it was for us. <laughs> it was for one <laughs> um, So anyway, he calls out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then much of the psalm is, you know, but I'm a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind, despised by people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me and wag their heads. But scattered throughout, it's like he'll, he'll lament or he'll cry out and then say, yet you are holy. 
enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. Um, and this this goes on and on. I, I mean, read it. Read Psalm 22 and 23 tonight. You know, go home and read through that reflectively. And uh, it's it's pretty amazing, even like just the questions you ask, how, how that can fit in there. Um, and I love, I love how it ends that all the prosperous of the earth eat and worship before him shall bow all who go down to the dust even the one who could not keep himself alive posterity shall serve him it shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation they shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, unborn that he has done it the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want um, anyway things are hard things don't feel like grass and sometimes they can go on for a very long time but we need that perspective of being taught that it is really grass even though it doesn't feel like it things are much quicker than we think so hang on and then also in the midst of all that that the one who is not like grass is, is the thing that is not like grass is his word the word the Lord endures forever so that's good alright favorite commentary or favorite resource on the Psalms <laughs> I don't know that, I'm, I'm trying to think I don't know how much I've actually yeah. read on the Psalms same here for good or ill it's, yeah. it hasn't been much I haven't even read really the treasury of David oh. I own it though you do? yeah I own it <laughs> I don't think I've ever opened uh, it so. <laughs> yeah. I've got two good ones right now just because I've been looking at a bunch of them but I'm, I'm having to look at my bookshelf to find them one of them is um, O. Palmer Robertson's The Flow of the Psalms uh, that was one that was really strate- it was strategically helpful in me seeing the, the whole picture of the Psalter so that was a good one. And the other one... Um, Roadmap to the song? <laughs> no, though, that's a good one, too. That's a bunch of... Out, those are exegetical good. outlines okay. of each psalm, and that's good. Uh, the other one is uh, Gordon Wenham, uh, The Psalter Reclaimed. Crossway published that one. It's a series of essays, um, I guess, that he has done in various places that they compiled into a, a book. But it, he just has a lot of, of good summary thoughts. I, yeah, I think... I've heard a couple of lectures that he's done on on the Psalms, and uh, I'd like to read more from yeah. Wenham on the Psalms. Yeah, it was good, and it was it's accessible. It's maybe 180, 200 pages. It's not yeah, it's not it's not daunting. C.S. Lewis reflections on the Psalms is good. Bonhoeffer wrote uh, his book is just called the Psalms, but it's primarily about praying the Psalms. Yeah, it was he sent good. that to us. I, I haven't read it. Yeah, it was good. Commentaries? I've heard Alan Ross's is good. It is. That's a good one, yeah. I I borrowed that one from the library, so I don't have it right here to catch my eye, but it is very good. It's only two volumes, though. Out of three? Out of three. As of right now, Kriegel is working on that one, but I think I heard he wasn't going to do the third one, so... Interesting. How are you going to do that? I don't know. But the first two were very well done. Anything else on the Psalms before we close? No, I think just on the whole, the Psalms, like, I think one of the biggest helps with the Psalms for us uh, is that they they give us a voice for every human experience and emotion yeah. that is not only appropriate, maybe we could just say is appropriate, um, even something like, okay, imprecations or, you know, something like that that just seems so bizarre or this crying out that the wicked are prospering that might seem so arrogant and envious 
there's a place for that in the Christian life, and the Psalms give us that voice. You know, maybe this is where like praying the Psalms and things of that nature can be super helpful because our the voice that we bring to the Lord is the voice of Scripture, the voice of the psalmist, not our own little petty, whiny voices of life that's so hard to us. But, but it gives us that freedom. I think one of the one of the biggest things that the Psalms have helped me with is the freedom to tell the Lord that I'm not happy with a certain situation or that I'm not happy with how something has come about or that or I don't... him, even. like Yeah, that's right. And it, and that doesn't come across as like you. a... Yeah. <laughs> I and, should but, be, but I am. And it's, and, but you don't approach that with the voice of the Psalter. You don't approach it with this shake your fist at God right, idea. That's right. But, but you are given the freedom to legitimately express human emotion. And sometimes I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in other people's lives. That's like the breaking point of, of their ability to handle a situation right. is just the freedom to tell the Lord you're not happy with it. <laughs> but I will still trust you. Yeah. It, 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 that always comes at the end of the song. He, he can handle it. It, it I mean, it, it <laughs> does. It, like you said, it doesn't give us the freedom to treat God in, in any kind of disrespectful way. But he understands that. One of my kids one time was very angry because he got in trouble for something. One and yeah, one, only one time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I told him though about something. And anyway, it may have been a discipline situation. And he turns and he goes. Dad, and he holds his fist up in my face, and he's like, yeah! <laughs> just like yelled, and and I didn't think, you rebellious little twit, like <laughs> go around again. It was, it was, almost endearing in a way, like amusing, because I I understood his heart was not in the right place. You know what I mean? So, it wasn't offensive because I understood he's angry. He doesn't understand why he's angry, but he's angry with me wrongly, and someday he won't be. And and I think I think some of the psalms can even be us sometimes yeah. just kind of yelling out like Wah! why aren't you destroying the wicked, Lord? You know, why why is the why are these things have these things befallen me, you know? I, always the psalmist comes back and, and trusts in the Lord because it he, he comes around, all right. My, my anger has subsided and okay, let, what's really going on here? Yeah. And I think in our maybe particularly in reformed circles we get so so caught up on God's sovereignty and providence and things are things are lining up exactly the way God mm-hmm. intended them to line up and we can't question that and mm-hmm. certainly I affirm all of that but if if that bypasses our ability to cry out to the Lord when we're genuinely hurting mm-hmm. um, you know maybe we've skewed our theology a bit mm-hmm. and again I affirm all of those doctrines of God's sovereignty to the deg- to, you know to the nth degree but the Psalms then come back, I think, and within that covenant paradigm of God's sovereign control of everything gives voice to, you know, genuine hurting human emotions. So. Yeah. I like how you've said that. It gives you a voice. Like, because mm-hmm. you can affirm that all day long, but it doesn't change the fact that the wicked are prospering. Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why, but God, you're sovereign. Okay, but how do I voice that? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. One people don't really want to one more thing that I think would be I'm trying to remember oh yeah uh, Whitney's Psalm of the Day thing it's if, if you look at his spiritual disciplines of the Christian life uh, it's just a, a neat discipline a neat practice he's got it listed in there of like you take one day of each week and you know so I'll take this and then what is it add 30 so like if if it's the first day of the month yeah. you'd add 30 and so you could 
he's, you know, you've always got like four or five psalms of the day that you can work through every single month. You just take this day of the week and pick one out. Next month you might pick the next one out, you know, whatever. But um, you can you can look in his book. But that that would just be a an easy resource for how you could work through the psalms regularly. I think he has that same outline in praying the Bible Probably as well. So, yeah. yeah. So if you have either of those resources. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Psalms is the longest book in the Bible, right? It has the most chapters, but it, the number of words, I think, is Jeremiah, isn't it? I'm sitting here thinking it depends on if you count Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles as one or two I books. I think even with those. Even with those, that's what I was thinking. I think Jeremiah's the longest. I might be wrong. Oh, you've corrected me. I was just going to say, I feel like it's very neglected. Well, it should be. It should be. It is the if longest it, it in spirit. It is. So. If it isn't, it should be. <laughs> I just feel like it's something that's very neglected um, in my own life where it's like I can pick out the highlights here and there but then you're just like there's so much more to this um, yeah, one thing you, you asked earlier about the seeing the whole like bigger themes and seeing the whole how do we do that like one thing your wife mentioned to me when she was in a class in college that the professor had her had the class read the entire Psalter in one sitting five times, five different times. Was it five or three? I think it was three. Three. But well, been. this is good radio. We're going to embellish it. Yeah, that's right. Five, 27 times. 27 times. <laughs> in, a, in a week. It was, it was <laughs> in so, a row. so three times. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, when she told me that, I was like, how long did that take? And I'm a slow reader, but she said like an hour and a half, two hours, something yeah. like that. And, I mean, you want to see those those themes all the way through. And you sit down and read all, I mean, think about if you sit down and read an epistle all the way through, you know, then you kind of like, oh, yeah. I see where you were going with that, Paul. Yeah. Well, same thing with the Psalter. You know, you can sit down and read the, the whole thing all the way through, and mm-hmm. in one sitting, you're going to find themes and connections and trajectories that you didn't see before. Yeah. Yeah, that's one class I wish I would have taken, Theology of the Psalter. So, that's yeah. a good one. Wow. That's a good uh, Absolutely. It's taught by one of my favorite college profs, too. But. That would have been another Old Testament notch in your belt. Brother. It would have been. It would have been. But I took Peter with him anyway, so. <laughs> Peter. I took Isaiah. Does that count for anything? That's that was, good. That was That's one good. of my... Was that the one class you took? That was... The one Old Testament the one, class? That was the one, like, specific Old Testament book that I took. And it was... Uh, that was my senior year, I think. It was, it was an absolutely amazing class. Um, the guy that taught that actually came here and did his THM um, under Dr. Hamilton. So, but it was, it was really, really good. Nice. Anyways, so that's my Old Testament. That's like all <laughs> my Old Testament. Great, great. <laughs> that's good. That's good. All right. Got a long ways to go, son. I know. I know. <laughs> Don't we all? All right. Yeah. Uh, anything else that we that we have before we we wrap up here for the next eight months? It's <laughs> uh, good to hear you guys again. Yeah, that's right. Because we don't hear each other after we wrap it up for the next eight months. <laughs> I uh, believe that picture floating around on Facebook today. I was uh, sweating in our garage. Yes, oh my goodness! A year ago today, because it was hot, and in your garage <laughs> at six Even in the morning. Six in the morning. <laughs> yeah. six in the morning. Oh my goodness! Those were the days. Check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes. Leave us a rating. Um, leave us your comments about how we need to podcast more. Uh, you can also find us at uh, cross-hope.com that's uh, a new blog that we uh, that we have so check check us out there uh, love to interact with you guys 
And until next time, there is ultimate joy to be found in this life. It's in Jesus Christ, we're so thankful.